listening to Game On DC, your home for local gaming and esports news in the DMV. Find the show on social media at Game On DC and by using the hashtag GoDC. Without further ado, here are your hosts, John and Joey. What's up, DMV? Welcome to Game On DC, the podcast dedicated to you, the gamers and esport fanatics right here in the East Coast capital of esports. My name is John, and I am joined once again by the king of the courtside, Joey. What's up, buddy? John, as always, life is grand here recording Go DC with you. It's good times around here. We have a special episode for you this week featuring an in-depth interview with Grant Paranjapay, the new vice president of eSport Business with the Washington Justice. Without further delay, let's get right into the interview. Joey, if there's one thing I have learned in my short time in this game called life, it's that a change of scenery can be super beneficial for one's personal growth. The same thing holds true in the world of esports. Our guest this week just made a huge change of his own, leaving monumental sports and entertainment and Wizards District Gaming to join the Washington Justice. Please welcome to the show the vice president of esport business at Washington Justice and good friend of the show, Grant Paranjape. Welcome back. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Just thank, thanks for having me. And man, I, I swear the intros get better every every time. Well, was that after the fourth uh, the fourth redo of that of that intro? Or I mean, we're, we're not going to talk about it as long as you know, as long as the, the version the viewers get is is the right one. That's that's what that's all that, that matters, right? All right. So before we touch on your new position, let's talk a little bit about your path to the justice. Before you joined MSE, you came from a very successful stint with Splice an organization that was pre-established when you joined. Moving to MSE, you were tasked with the responsibility of building an eSport program from the ground up. What were some of the challenges you faced building Wizards District Gaming from the ground up in a league that was also brand new? Yeah, uh, I, I think, you know, it's, it's certainly a great question. Um, and, you know, I think the one thing that I, I learned more than anything is you you never really know what you're getting into, right? I think that holds true in, in a lot of fields and a lot of things in life. But, uh, you know, I think in, in esports especially, uh, I think one one characteristic that I have come to really find is, is super important in, in both myself and, and you know, staff and, and whatnot is being able to deal with uncertainty, right? I think whenever you're launching a new business, a new product, uh, a new league in this case, right? You run into things that uh, no one ever thought of that, that haven't been encountered before, right? Um, and it's super exciting as long as you're kind of comfortable dealing with that, that uncertainty. And, uh, you know, I certainly felt like I, I, I excelled in, in that um, field or whatnot. Uh, yeah, and, and I mean, like launching, launching, launching Wizards District Gaming was, was awesome. I, I think, you know, I, I had the pleasure of uh, obviously we qualified for playoffs uh, the, the first season, which was, you know, about all you can really ask for, for a brand new team in a brand new league. Uh, and, you know, I, I'd say from like a, from a business perspective, we were, we were certainly excelling in terms of sponsorship revenue and, uh, you know, generally being a, kind of like a, you know, a leader in the space or whatnot. And uh, yeah, I mean, just had a had a whole lot of fun with it, and and really, you know, was was just super excited to be a part of part of MSC and, and launching that league, and uh, you know, ultimately just came to make a change, and, and now I'm over here at the Justice. All right, so so like we mentioned, you were there from the beginning, grew that team from the ground up, made the playoffs in season one. Season two has been a little bit of a struggle for the team so far, aside from the major roster overhaul. Uh, what were some of the challenges that team faced going into season two? 
uh, that might explain some of their early struggles. Yeah, I mean, uh, thankfully, uh, they, they actually just won a doubleheader uh, yesterday or, you know, earlier this week. So kudos to them. And, and obviously, uh, I, I have high expectations for them the, the rest of the season, right? Um, I think, uh, you know, whenever you have the end of a season and you're, and you're going to a new season, there's always going to be new challenges. Uh, you have, uh, you know, obviously the expansion drafts. You have players going back into the draft pool. Uh, we were, uh, you know, in an interesting position draft-wise, you know, having, uh, you know, a, a late second-round pick and then two picks in the third round. Um, I think Patrick uh, did a great job, you know, finding uh, some really, you know, kind of like hidden talent in, in user pick and Paul B. And, and then obviously, you know, being able to bring back Gilly and, and Reese uh, was was huge or whatnot. Um but I think you know it's it's just an, it's a new game, right? And I think this is something that like esports players, not you know not just two K players deal with. You know, uh, League of Legends they have patch cycles every you know four four or six weeks. Overwatch League you have meta adjustments between stages, right, or whatnot. Um, it's tough to adapt to, to what's sometimes you know a very different game. There's new heroes, there's new mechanics, there's new strats, there's new meta, right? Um, and so I think you know sometimes it just takes time. Right, and it takes time, especially when you're not only dealing with a, a new game, but you're also dealing with four new teammates. So, uh, I think we, we did a lot of work in terms of investing in, in JT and Dayfry and uh, keeping them uh, in DC during the off season. But ultimately, yeah, I, I think sometimes it just takes a little bit of time, and, and I, I hopefully uh, think they're kind of hitting their their stride right about now. So, are you saying right here on the show that WizDG will make the playoffs for season two? <laughs> Uh, so admittedly, I, I mean, obviously I'm not, not super involved with the team, uh, since leaving, but, um, you know, they, they've had, uh, some really close losses and, and some really good wins lately. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm confident in Pat and I'm, I'm confident in the players we picked and, uh, I know they're, you know, you, you know they're certainly going to try their hardest to, to achieve that for sure. Solid answer there, Grant. I like it. <laughs> I feel like the questions get harder every time I come back. Now. <laughs> Not sure what I signed up for here, John. <laughs> we got to change it up a bit. Okay, Grant. So you talked a bit about WizDG. You talked about how you brought up that organization, how you kind of built it from the ground up. Now, with that in mind, how has the transition of moving from a sports-based esports league to a more traditional-based esports league been for you? Yeah. So I, you know, I I think I'm pretty unique in that I have lived uh, on both sides of the fence, right? I, you know, I came from an endemic esports background, um, having spent time with Splice for, for almost two years. And then, you know, spent almost two years at, at MSE in, in kind of more of the traditional sports world or, or really, you know, esports within a sports organization. Um, I, I really do think like Overwatch League and in general kind of like organizations that take the best of both worlds are uh, what will make the most successful esports orgs, right? I think having, uh, you know, a, a vision that includes taking elements from traditional sports like, you know, geolocalization or whatnot. Uh, you know, your approach to selling local sponsorships, uh, having, you know, home home games in, in 2020 and whatnot are, are really progressive for an esports league, right? And inherently digital and, uh, you know, kind of dispersed, uh, you know, product and, and being able to take some of the best elements of sports and really apply it to, to esports in, in a meaningful way. Um, but yeah, move, moving over to Overwatch League, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me is just uh, appreciating how much effort 
has gone into the league from from Blizzard's perspective, and and just how many really really smart people they have working on the league. Uh, I think you know when you kind of get involved and and just understand like the the undertaking that launching a league like this is. Uh, it's really remarkable that you know there there are very few publishers or companies in general with kind of both the vision and the and the talent to pull something like that off. So uh, I, I've just found it really exciting to kind of work, uh, you know, within that ecosystem and, and obviously meet and, and work with some great people over the past uh, past month or so. Um, and yeah, just, just really excited in general for, for kind of the future and uh, what comes next. So sticking on kind of the same topic there, as far as with Wizards District Gaming, you built the roster from the ground up. Now coming in as the VP here at the Washington Justice, you already have a roster. There's established coaching staff. How is it going from, I would say building your own roster compared to coming into a roster that's already been built. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, whenever you join a, a team mid season or, you know, kind of uh, after something's been established, there's, there's always going to be things you want to change. There's always going to be things you wish you could change. And there's always going to be things you can't change. Right. Um, I think for, for me, um, you know, Kate Mitchell and uh, some of the previous staff at the team did a great job you know, obviously launching the brand, signing a roster of great players. Uh, and, you know, Kate's kind of transition out of her role as assistant general manager uh, was kind of a nice, fresh start almost for me joining the team as well. It was kind of just, you know, nice how that, that timing worked out. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, being able to promote Aaron Heckman uh, pre uh, from strategic coach to kind of assistant general manager was it was really great. You know, one of the first things I, I did when I joined the team was have kind of these like one-on-one sessions with all the staff. And, uh, you know, really early on, I identified that Aaron's skill set really lended itself more to, to kind of a managerial or uh, kind of like a GM role or whatnot. Um, so he's been great and a, and a really valuable asset. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, the team never had a full quote-unquote GM. Uh, so being able to formally post that role and, you know, I'm kind of in the midst of, of interviews, hoping to have them wrapped up by the end of the week. And, uh, you know, honestly, have a have a GM on board soon uh, to really lead the team and, and obviously lead kind of not only the current roster but like future roster construction and whatnot uh, will will be really exciting. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I think you know certainly the the remainder of 2019 is uh, you know it's it's about getting things as as good as they can be, right? I think uh, it, it's certainly more of like an evaluation period, but at the same time, you know, I. Uh, I definitely have, you know, I, I came in and, and I gave the staff a goal, right? I, I want to make uh, the the play-ins. Uh, you know, I, I understand like qualifying for playoffs right off the bat is is tough, but you know, I feel like if we can make the play-in tournament, like you know, anything can happen, right? The meta the meta can change tomorrow, right? And and suddenly, uh, you know, we have a we have a shot at that, right? So uh, I, I I feel like our staff is working really really hard on making that happen, and and you know, certainly, you know, coming into a roster and a team that's already built, you know, you. You know, I, I'm basically looking to apply kind of the best practices that I picked up from both, you know, Splice and, and you know, now over at Wiz, WizDG and um, kind of see what we can do and, and obviously hopefully achieve that, that goal for the rest of the season. Excellent. Now, Grant, we know it's no secret that the Washington Justice have had a tough competitive debut in their inaugural season of participating in the Overwatch League. With two stages down and two left to go, what can we expect from the team as we cross over into the second half of the season? Uh, hopefully more wins. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's tough, right? I think uh, 
and you know, I've, I've said this a, a few times, but like people really underestimate like what being an expansion team is like, right? Uh, you know, you, you, you are literally a year behind everyone else, right? Like you're staffing, you're trying to develop a brand, you're trying to launch social handles, right? And you have all these other teams who have been established a little bit longer than you and, and obviously have built like rosters and connections within the industry, connections with the players, connections with their agents. Um, so I think, you know, for us, uh, you know, it's it's certainly not a secret that we're not where we want to be in the the standings or whatnot. Um, you know, my goal is uh, is to win, uh, and, and that's certainly the direction that I've given my my staff. And um, I think you know, no matter what that whatever the meta looks like, whether it's another stage of goats, whether there's you know uh, you know whether DPS becomes viable again or whatnot, right? Like, we need to figure out how to play in it. And I think there's you know there's certainly uh, an element to where like teams like to complain and, and blame the meta or whatnot. Like the game is the game. Uh, and, and you either, you know, you either get on board with it and, and master it and figure out a style that works for your team uh, or, or you don't. And, and, you know, kind of complaining doesn't, doesn't really, doesn't really fix the, the problem uh, or, or help you win matches. So, um, you know, I, I'm certainly very hopeful for the rest of stage three. Uh, you know, we have some very slick new, City Edition jerseys that just launched, so uh, I'm, I'm hoping we can get a few more wins while, while also looking good doing it. Yeah, and at least from an outside perspective, I feel like the team has already started making steps towards that. It felt like at the beginning they were almost waiting out the GOATS meta, hoping that it would change, but now we see the team picking up two supports and Sleepy and Ark. They continue to go forward and make moves, like you said, a GM coming in as well. I feel like you're on the right path, at least in that perspective from a fan. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I think, you know, I, you know I, I certainly would never pretend to make, you know, changes just to, to kind of appease, you know, fans or Reddit or whatnot, right? But um, yeah, I mean, the Sleepy acquisition was was huge. Uh, you know, he's kind of brought like a whole new life to the team. He's, he's an outstanding shot caller uh, and, and really just has a good good head for the game. Uh, on top of being, you know, obviously a great personality or whatnot. So, uh, you know, we're, we're really excited that we were able to make that acquisition. And then, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think for, for us, it's really just like evaluating how we, you know, how we approach the meta, how we approach, you know, different different lineups, how we approach, um, you know, kind of where we're spending our time in terms of scrims, coaching, VOD review, right? Um, I, I really do think like with Aaron on board and, and a new GM, you know, we have we have good pieces, um, and it's less about, uh, you know, necessarily like swapping a, a piece around or replacing someone or whatnot. It's more about how do we make the pieces work together in a way that, that contributes to, to wins, right? And I think, you know, with kind of the win over Boston, you know, we certainly proved that like if everything is clicking, uh, we can win and we can take maps off uh, and, and, and matches off really good teams. So uh, I think that's certainly the intention for the rest of stage three. All right. Back to the hard questions, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> the homestand weekends this season have been absolutely incredible. While the Justice don't have a home match in season two, fans are eagerly awaiting season three when these home and away matches look to become a reality across the league. Knowing the Justice fans, a lot of us can't wait that long. But the Justice do play an away match just down the road in Atlanta against the Atlanta Reign. A lot of fans have talked about possibly carpooling with other fans down to Hotlanta, for a taste of East Coast justice. Have the Justice thought about doing an official fan trip for the homestand match on July 4th weekend down in Atlanta? Well, it's funny you mentioned it, John. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I, I think... Um, so I, I, I want to give a little context before I before we kind of make the, the unveil or whatnot. Um, you know, I was 
it, it was literally my first week working for the Justice uh, was the Dallas homestand weekend. Uh, you know, I was certainly still getting up to speed and, you know, uh, some of the folks at Blizzard said, you know, hey, like, you know, I, I know you're still fresh, but like, you know, come on down. Just just come down, check out the weekend. Like, we promise it won't be like any other esports event you've been to before. Like, this will really help just in, in like conceptualizing the model for next year or whatnot. Like, just come, just, just do it. So I remember it was literally like Friday of the weekend. I bought my plane ticket. I, I tried to find a hotel. I found one that was like pretty kind of far away. Uh, and, and I went down and it, it was just like, no, you know, I, I've been to other esports events, right? I've been to NALCS finals. I've been to ESLs. I've been to DreamHacks. Um, this, the, the entire model and like approach that Dallas had to the homestand was just so different that I was like, wow, like this is what we're pushing toward for, for 2020, right? This is how you have an arena with 4,500 screaming fans who bought not only tickets, but you know, there were ticket packages, there were suites, they had local sponsorships, they had fan activations, right? Like this was an event very like similar to like a traditional sports event um, that sold out and it packed and it packed an arena for the weekend, right? And you know, the, the merchandise was incredible. The Bud Light activations were awesome, right? Like they had a musical act that was, you know, you know, on point and whatnot, like everything, everything just worked for me. And, you know, I, I think like what better way to like start off a new job than, than having kind of a, a firsthand experience in, in terms of, you know, what, what the vision and what you're going to work toward for, for 2020 looks like. So, um, obviously there is another one coming up. Our, our good friends at the Atlanta rain are, are hosting one over the July 4th weekend. Uh, and you know, one of the things that really inspired me from Dallas was there was a bus of Houston fans that the Houston Outlaws bust over. They had kind of like a dedicated fan section at the Dallas event. Uh, and it got loud, right? Like when it was Dallas versus Houston, like, I mean, that's already a rivalry in and of itself, but you could tell like these fans were, they were here to watch their team play live for, for the very first time for a lot of them, right? Because the, the matches are obviously out in LA most of the time. Uh, so shamelessly, uh, you know, we thought, you know, what if we could take some of our Justice fans down to Atlanta with us? And obviously, you know, we're playing two matches down there or whatnot. Uh, I don't have a plane. Uh, I wish I did. But uh, it turns out we, uh, we we could get a bus. Uh, and so that's that's what we're going to do. So we uh, we are we're excited to launch kind of this this you know package where, you know, if you're a Justice fan or if you're a fan of Overwatch in D.C., uh, and you want to go with kind of, you know, 30 to 50 of your your closest friends uh, on a kind of like an overnight bus ride to to Atlanta, uh, we, will, we will get you there, right? And, and so, you know, just a few details on the package, right? Uh, it's basically going to be a bus that leaves Friday around 10 p.m. Uh, it's like roughly a nine-hour drive or so. So you get in Saturday morning with a few hours before the matches. So you can get some breakfast or, or do it, you know, just relax for a little bit before the before doors open. Uh, it comes with a special VIP ticket to the event. Uh, so you'll go into the VIP line um, and be checked into kind of like a special Justice fan section. Uh, and you will... Oh, sorry, I missed some stuff on the bus. Like, we'll have snacks on the bus, a bunch of, like, swag on the bus. Uh, some of our staff will be on the bus as well. It should be, like, a really fun overnight bus ride. I, I can't promise you'll get too much sleep, but it'll, uh, it'll certainly be a fun experience. Uh, and... You know, once you get to, to Atlanta, you'll go through the VIP line. You'll actually get drink tickets. So our good friends at 
at Bud Light and Coke are, are pitching in as well so that, uh, you know, folks who folks who participate will, will get a number of, of beverage tickets for the weekend. Uh, and then to, to kind of top it all off, uh, you'll also get like an exclusive, you know, hour to two hour kind of like signing photo taking uh, session with our team. So just for folks who are on the bus, you'll have a chance to to have this exclusive kind of like meet and greet with the team. Uh, and then, you know, the only thing you're on the hook for is your your accommodations. So you got to find somewhere to sleep uh, Saturday night. You uh, you can't sleep on the bus. Uh, but yeah, find find somewhere to crash. Uh, and then Sunday, uh, obviously the ticket is good for the Sunday matches as well. So you can come watch all the matches on Sunday. Uh, and the bus will leave Sunday night uh, around around 10 p.m. and get you back for, for work in the morning here in D.C. So uh, we're, we're really excited about it. Uh, we, we definitely, um, so the, the all-in cost right now is, is $250. Uh, we, we priced it so that it just covers our expenses, uh, really just the bus uh, and, and kind, of, kind of some of the food and, and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, like, this is a really compelling way. You know, air, air, airplane tickets are expensive, right? And, uh, you know, we, we certainly wanted to give, you know, kind of our fans and, and some of our, our, our most loyal fans here in D.C., you know, a chance or grab a couple of friends, get on this bus, and uh, you know I promise you'll have a you know one one hell of a time coming down to coming down to Atlanta. That sounds amazing. I, I've already Venmoed you my my uh, two fifty <laughs> for that bus trip. Like I, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Yeah, that sounds absolutely fantastic. And, and watching the Dallas Fuel homestand, I'm sitting here going like, this is like a, like like an esport fan's dream having a regional based team. You know, a team that is is local and for us on the East Coast, like you hit it, Grant. A lot of the esport events in North America take place on the West Coast in LA. So if you're on the East Coast, you know, unless you're down in Atlanta, you have E League. Um, but really, in the Mid Atlantic and and uh, New York area of the East Coast, you know, we might get an event or two a year. Yep. Uh, so it's really exciting, and you know, the fan base has really taken to the Washington Justice. We have such an you know an amazing you know uh, unaffiliated fan club in uh, the Washington uh, Vice and Virtue, and they've been absolutely killing it uh, in the fan scene for the Justice, and I know they're going to be excited for this as well. But I have to ask, if we're taking a bus, are we talking like uh, 30 people? Are we talking 50 people? Or are we taking a school bus down? <laughs> uh, yeah, good good, good question. Uh, probably should have clarified that. So uh, we, we actually haven't decided. Um, so we, we're kind of, well, we decided it's not a school bus, but... Um, <laughs> We, we haven't decided on the size of the bus, mostly because we want to see how many fans want to go, really. Um, I, I would say, like, we're probably not going to do anything more than 50. There's basically, like, a few different bus options or whatnot. Um, so we're, we're likely not going to take more than 50 signups. But, you know, I, I think there is a case where if, like, we got, like, 200 signups or something, right? Like, we would find a way to get another bus, right? Um, but yeah, I, I think 50 is the sweet spot. It's certainly what we're aiming for. And uh, I think that's going to kind of give people a really nice experience on this really nice charter bus that we, we kind of found for, for folks to be on. Justice fans, you just heard that challenge. Let's get 200 people okay. to go down to Atlanta. <laughs> Let's take oh, an entire man. bus caravan all the way down to ATL. Let's show the Atlanta rain what it's like when they are served justice. This is I am so fired up for this, Gray. I am. I can't wait. I can't wait. And you mentioned and you mentioned the new city jerseys that just launched when we're recording this. 
Uh, I've already purchased my own jersey, which I am excited to wear on this. Not, not, not blackmail. No, not blackmail at all. You did not hold this interview over my head one bit. Uh, no, uh, but no, the jerseys look absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, I think j- just uh, side note, real quick. One of my favorite parts of that jersey is on the sleeve. You have the flags of DC, yeah. Maryland, and, and Virginia. You know the DMV, as we affectionately call it here. Uh, that's something that is kind of really unique in this area, having three major um, metropolitans, if you will, like in condensed in one area between DC, Maryland, and Virginia. So that, that was a really awesome addition to those jerseys to really represent the fans in all three areas. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I certainly can't take credit for the the jerseys. You know, they were definitely designed before my time, but you know, it was obviously a really pleasant surprise. Uh, seeing how how well designed they were uh, and, and obviously you know, I'm, I'm really excited that we were able to launch them today uh i think you know it, it is something that i you know I, i've spent you know a, a decent amount of time here here in the area now and, and i think it is something that i've started to really notice where uh it, it's almost a little um strange that like teams are named like the washington wizards like the washington mystics or uh you know the the washington justice or whatnot um, because you know we, we really do represent the the DMV right like it, it's so much more than just the city of, of Washington uh, and, and so I think for for us you know when we do have opportunities to kind of include uh, you know those those other regions or whatnot you know as you mentioned in terms of their flags on the, on the sleeve or whatnot you know it's really special and I think you know it, it just goes to show like we have fans uh, in, in, in you know everywhere and I think you know they deserve to be represented and uh, it's certainly something that we plan to, to kind of continue and and a lot of our other efforts moving forward. All right. So looking forward to season three, uh, I know you've only been with the justice for a short time, but what can you tell us about season three? Have the justice started looking into venues to host the home matches? And if so, what kind of venues are the justice looking at? Uh, yeah. So certainly have started the venue process. Uh, I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too specific just cause it's going to be a really nice surprise when, uh, when, when we're able to announce these, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Dallas is certainly like a good standard to go off of. So um, something that we've, we've obviously looked looked at very closely. And, um, you know, we certainly want to exceed those those expectations even. Uh, so, yeah, we, we have some good venues in mind. Uh, you know, Blizzard's obviously working very hard on, uh, you know, putting together a schedule and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we really just can't wait to, to start hosting matches here in D.C. I think it's going to be a, a really incredible experience. Now, are, are we looking to replicate that same kind of experience and atmosphere that we saw in Dallas for the Justice, or are we looking to put, like, our own unique DMV twist on it for Season 3? I mean, you know the, you know me. Uh, there, there'll be a, a twist here, too, right? I, I'm not, we're not, we're not going to complete, we're not, you know, we're, it's not a complete carbon copy or, or anything, right? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's just so many things that make the DMV unique, right? Like, I remember I went to a one of the one of the coolest things we did at the Wizards was the the Go Go Nights, right? Where there was a where there was Go Go music after after the game or whatnot. So, um, you know, I I think you know, and it ended up naming our G League team the the Capital City Go Go, right? So, um, there's there's a lot of cool things that we that we're we're looking at for 2020. Um, not stay tuned. <laughs> TBD, right? I mean that's my old that's my old catchphrase. I'm trying to not use too many TBDs. We're gonna we're we're, we're trying to move <laughs> toward like stay tuned, happening soon. I've I've learned like if you post like the eyeball emoji, like Reddit loses its mind because they think you're like <laughs> trading half of your players. Like I 
I tweeted that we had an announcement and people were like, oh my God, the world's end. Like, I, I have to say, like, it's so, it's so exciting being a part of like Overwatch League, right? Um, just because like the, the fandom is, is not like anything I've ever experienced before, right? Um, I think even for, uh, you know, even for individual players, even for staff, right? Like everyone wants to know what's happening, what you're doing from a team perspective. And, and that's, that's really where I think the like, esports can differentiate itself from, from traditional sports, right? Like you can, uh, I've used this example before, but like you can tweet at like John Wall, Bradley Beal, you can tweet at LeBron, right? 10,000 times, literally every day for 10,000 days. And there is a good chance they will never answer you, never see your tweet, right? Like they, they will not respond to that. And you could probably tweet it like Sleepy or Corey or Ark, like a thousand times, you know, not maybe like 10 times even, right? And there's a good chance like they answer your tweet, right? Like if you ask them like what keybinds they use or like what keyboard they like playing with, right? Like they'll just tell you, right? Like esports players and staff are so accessible to fans and i think that's what like really builds this connection where like you you follow players no matter if they get traded to teams you follow a team because they're in your local region you follow like what's going on from a roster perspective from a business perspective uh, i just think it's really unique how close fans can be to uh to some of these teams or whatnot and i think it's what really makes esports uh pretty special all right so before we wrap up we have one last question for you. And you know, having now been a veteran on GoDC, that we always like to end interviews with a really, really, really tough question. They're always super, super tough. What kind of SR does a VP of esports oh, business have? <laughs> no, why? I'm just going to blame for this. Um, okay, so I, I can be, yeah, I'll, I'll be super fun about this. So uh, I used to be good at Overwatch when I was in beta. Um, this was actually back when I was finishing my MBA and there was no Overwatch League, right? There was like these weird, like teams were like signing players, uh, but like none of us knew like what Blizzard was gonna do. We didn't really know if there's gonna be a league or anything. Like we were just kind of like hedging. And so like me being like super logical, rational, I was like, nah, over, like it doesn't matter how good I get at Overwatch. Like there's not a league, like it's not sustainable. Like I'm not gonna, not gonna pursue it, which, Ended up being really stupid. But anyways, um, yeah. So nowadays, I'm like super washed up. I just work all day. Uh, so I was Diamond two seasons, seasons ago. I think last season, I just played my placements and got 2,900. Uh, and this year, I played my placements and got 2,800. Um, so like right around there, I think I'm like currently like 2,600 because I went on a super losing streak because I tilted off the face of the world two weeks ago uh yeah i, I mean I, I can be like honest like uh the the thing that frustrates me most about overwatch is and it's not just about overwatch actually it's about like i I've, I've had this feeling like the older i've gotten where i struggle to play games where one person can ruin your experience for the entire like match uh and i actually like have started like kind of thinking a little critically about this where it's like I think that's why Fortnite's so fun and like appeals to like so many people, um, because like outside of the occasional like hacker or like you know cheater or whatnot at, at Overwatch and they they most or at Fortnite and they mostly get banned. Uh, no, no, no one like ruins your game. Like if you die, 
like like RNG maybe, right? Like if you land somewhere and you don't get a gun or whatnot, but like you, it, it doesn't matter. Like you're responsible for like outplaying, outbuilding, outaiming, right? Other other players. Like you go into a game like League, like if someone just decides to like run it down mid, you, you wasted 40 minutes, right? Or, or 30 minutes or whatnot, right? Like, yeah, you report them after, but like you don't get your like ELO back. You don't get your time back. Um, and like same same for like Overwatch, right? Like if you have like a a team that wants to run six DPS, like God bless, right? Like you're probably not winning that match. Um, yeah, so like I I I think it's less about me. Like I, I think you know the the frequency of like how often that happens in those games is like not that high either. I think maybe just like I'm especially jaded to it because I I played so much already. Um, but yeah, I, that's the, that's the piece that just like, it's tough to invest. It's tough for me to like invest a lot of time into them now, uh, or at least into like solo queue for them now, just because like, I know how easily like one person could, uh, could waste my time. <laughs> All right. Grant Paranjapay, vice president of esports business for the Washington justice. Thanks for stopping by again. Of course. Yeah. Four, four times a charm. Um, uh, I think. We we uh we'll have to do something special for number five. Uh, I don't know what that is, but uh, I'm sure we'll we'll come up with something creative. We can always live stream from the uh, the party bus down to Atlanta for you. I mean, that's a pretty awesome idea. That sounds fun. I'm actually all about that. Uh, Does the bus have Wi-Fi? I think so. There we go. It's happening. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> that will do it for this episode of Game on DC. If you enjoy listening to Game On DC, we want to hear from you. Leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to keep up with all the gaming and esports news right here on the DMV. Joey, where can our listeners go to follow Game On DC? Listeners, head on over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using at GameOnDC to find us. You can also use the hashtag, hashtag GoDC. All right, until next time, I'm John. And I'm Joey. Game Game on, on, DC. DC.